long time, man. Why? Really? I, I went with my littlest sister. You're going to um, go this summer with her again. I know. No, well, we do. Well, I know. Well, it might just be you. <laughs> no, you guys are going to come. I'm sure we will. It'll be fine. I, we didn't do California Adventure, though. We only did um, Disneyland. I thought it was all Disneyland. No, they charge separately now. Well, yeah, yeah. They've always charged separately. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, Mr. Sean Vaughn. Sean I am Joey Bonnier, special guest Kelly Ridgeway, and here he is, child of Zion, Sean O'Brien. Nice. <laughs> mm. I feel like it's a little bit of a repeat, but okay. yeah. maybe. Israel's in the news. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. How's it going, guys? <laughs> How's everyone I thought like Zion was like a Bob Marley thing, not an Israel thing. Where do you think he got it? Yeah. Israel? Bob? He thinks he's a, a child of Israel. Was he a Jew? Well, I'll, I'll, the Rastafarian. Rastafarians kind of think of themselves in. Is that like a lost tribe? tribes? Right I think. Yeah, I thought oh, there was a weird that. connection there. I didn't either. I had no idea. I thought it was like children of weed. Well, they, they talk, <laughs> it's all about. Uh, it's not mutually exclusive. <laughs> huh? You can be Jewish and smoke weed. I'm just, I have no idea what he's talking I'm just about. Saying. <laughs> I'm drunk. Yay! Good job. Kelly's giving a face. Ooh. What? What are you worried about? I don't know. Because if, if I were in your shoes, I would instantly be hungover be in like an hour. Oh, oh no. I'm, yeah. I don't get hungover at all. Hmm. Like, I mean, the next, I know. Like, I'd the, be like, yeah. oh, if I'm getting, yeah. I'm so jealous of your Irish blood. Yeah, it's pretty I wish awesome. I could drink like you. Do you do awesome. that too? Can, okay. I take three drinks and I'm done. I'm no, done. I can, I'm yeah. I can fucking, I've been drinking mm. all night. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get hungover unless like I really try. But uh, <laughs> really? yeah. oh yeah, I, I, call it, I call it going after it. Yeah, yeah. Like if I fucking go after it, yeah. like if I drink like three quarters of a bottle of Bushmills, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely feel it tomorrow. You woke when, up hungover a little bit sometime this week, didn't you? Um, I well, so yeah. I mean, I'll wake up like with a, with like a traditional what you would call like a hangover, but it's not. It's like it's just a little bit. It's just moody. Yeah, it's basically like it's just just I'm a little bit dehydrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like I, honestly, and then so, you eat something and you're fine. Fuck you, man. No, I feel I like, like throwing up. <laughs> all I feel day. like honestly, there was there was a week either two or there was a day two weeks ago or last week. I think it was last week. Um, I woke up and I was like, man, I shouldn't. It was like a Thursday, and I and I woke, <laughs> I woke up feeling like I had a wine hangover. Like I just drank too much wine last night and I was like, it, you know, I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm stumbling around throughout the morning. Mm. I'm like, man, I really shouldn't have drank last night. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, Wait, I didn't drink at all. <laughs> I'm just old. Yeah. I, I had not, I had not, I had, had nothing sucks. to drink for <laughs> like, like shit until like, I guess it was Monday night or whatever. So this is several days later. It, there was no business. And I woke mm. up just with a, very conscious thought that I was hungover and I was not at all. I was just old. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'll, I'll wake up tomorrow. I'll be fine. It'll be fine. You'll wake up tomorrow older anyway, yep. I have than today. <laughs> um, I'm older I, than I'm so do you guys want the, older. do you guys want a pre-option or do you want just all the books? Older. A pre-option. A, a or B then for your letter. You're, I hate this game. You're going pre-op? B. Do you mean, a, you sure you want B? Well, th- that's why I hate this game. <laughs> yes, I want B. Uh, do you want me to whisper to you what the options are and then present it to Joey and Sean? No. Why? Because you're saying I'd like the game better if I knew the answers? No, B's fine. Oh. You guys want B? Sure. It was A and B. 
It was A and B. All right. A was the. I mean, you're outweighed. Yeah. A was the traditional, literally literary. B is the slightly different one. It's not crazy traditional. It's not crazy different, but it's different. You're always so obvious with like your A's and B's and C's. Like you'll say it in an order or. You're such a C. Really? You know, like obviously. Obviously, it's, option A would be like the first option the that you oh. would think of. So, and then B is like, I, I don't not. That's that's very possible. Mostly because I I I am I'm very conscious about being unconscious about the the selection. So it's very possible that like my first thought, I I or my subconscious organizes it that way, but I don't think about it beforehand. So it reminds me of the Princess Bride. Mm. Inconceivable. <laughs> All right. So uh, option B. All right. That's fine. Apparently. So I have um, Up Close on Sunset Boulevard by Sam Staggs. I have The Making of the Wizard of Oz by Algene Harmetz, I guess, with an introduction by Margaret Hamilton. Hmm. I have 2001 A Space Odyssey. Boo. Or, or it's called Space Odyssey by Michael Oh, Benson. my God. It's a book. It's even more boring than the movie. Do you know who signed this? Kubrick. <laughs> That'd be fucking I awesome. So. I definitely Jesus. wouldn't think so either. You wouldn't this came out. This came out this year. Oh, check it out. I went to a. I went to a talk um, with the author Michael Benson. Mm. Um, this guy is the. He was also the animation supervisor on Tron, by the way. Mm. But he was one of the animators. original Tron. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, he also did the moon landing. Carl Parker was the was the production <laughs> supervisor. Um, and like sort of animation supervisor, just the general post supervisor, more or less, who was insanely old and remembered nothing during the talk. Wait, did he do the actual ending portion, the Jupiter? And no. The so that's a whole thing. Don't ask questions about it unless you want to read this. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. And then we have a, a moon watcher. The, the guy who played the ape, the moon watcher guy was, oh. who was, who was right. a mind. What are the other books? Uh, well, those are the three. Really? And, um, I also this is option B. Mm. <laughs> I was just getting interested in that book. Sorry, God damn guys. It. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I don't have that. I actually, oh, I did bring wow. it, of course. Um, I have Film Theory and Criticism, edited by Leo Brown and Marshall Cohen, but the, the articles within are by all the great filmmakers from, mm. from mostly the silent era. And I also have 2001 A Space Odyssey, a novel by Arthur C. Clarke, which I meant to withhold until someone asked me about it. No. Mm-hmm. But I brought it out accidentally. Look at me withholding, getting yeah. off. Do you, mean to add, do you mean to add option A to the table? Film theory and criticism. Like, I can't believe that's it. That's, that's all option B. Yeah. Usually you got 20. I have more film books, but I, I think I'm going to start to down like downsize. Mm. Why? Because it makes life easier. Oh. But I can, I can show you option A if you desire. He's getting choice. old. He can't carry as many books. <laughs> Just totally. tell him he's weak, and yeah. he'll he'll show up at this whole library next time. That's a good point. Damn, she knows you well. Yeah. She knows me. So my girl knows he's me. He's like, well. I'll just bring the whole shelf then. Yeah, he's just gonna pawn them all off. On Sean me. said, "Film theory and criticism." I did. Which I there's I cannot believe that's what you asked for, and I'm wildly excited that you did. By the way, Joey, do you have a, a request? He liked this book. Boo. Uh, I actually wanted to do the Sunset Boulevard one. Interesting. It, it begins amazingly. Kelly Bell, do you have a? She's I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what her face was saying to me. This all sucks. Um, you guys have to work. You have to work through this. I'm yeah, sorry. Film I can't. Theory. That's what I said. I, I I have to go ahead. You guys have to figure it out. I'm sorry. B. 
<laughs> we already did that one. <laughs> Kelly, you can we're, break we're the past tie. That point. Sunset what? Boulevard you have to break the tie. or Film yeah. Theory. Is it about Sunset Boulevard the movie or I believe so. Is it sure. about we'll the both. actual Boulevard? I'll do both for sunset. you. I, I can. I, I <laughs> b- believe it or not, I've read more from these two books that were now on the table than any than the other two. Um, which, ironically, the other two were, would have been my choice. But <laughs> um, I honestly want to talk about Space Odyssey, but I was just being nice to them. I'll bring it back. This is the 50th anniversary. We'll bring it back. Don't worry. Uh, I know the 70 millimeters playing, and we have tickets. He bought tickets Nerd. like that day. I got fucking tickets. I want to go. Do you want to go? Oh, we'll, we'll find. Let's find tickets right now. Are there tickets? Yeah, let's do it during the podcast. That's a great time. Yeah, let's do it now. <laughs> Film theory and criticism um, is the best introduction on on sort of the understanding of the theory an, and criticism of film. That's good. The, Eloquent. A a a like blossoming art form that did not exist beforehand it's the equivalent of it's the equivalent of somebody suddenly finding paint and being like okay here are some of the things we can do with paint and this is what dinosaurs and you can paint boobies on walls exactly exactly it's (laughs) it's that equivalent i'm surprised you didn't reverse that order by the way um close up on sunset boulevard is is all about the 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 making of sunset boulevard Mm. so bell bell you have your choice this one is much more interesting. This one is much more uh, thought-provoking. Boring. I don't care. You have to choose. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You can use the dice, but you have to choose. Okay. Yeah, what are you, O'Brien, sitting on a fence? Be some Norma Desmond. <laughs> Close up on Sunset Boulevard. I'm sorry, Ooh. Sean. And I'm, I'm, By the way, I'm so with you. I'm so <laughs> fucking... Bummed. I was mm. ready. I was ready to fucking get into this. It's all your fault, Kelly. God damn it. Got film balls. It's all mm. good, man. This is this is great. This is the only book you need. It's amazing. Anyway. All right. I don't know about the only book you need. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. If you're on a desert island, you definitely want to read about film theory. <laughs> this uh this is such a great beginning. Um, okay. Has anyone seen Sunset Boulevard? Yes. No. I've seen the musical, actually. So you have not seen the movie? Yes. You have seen the movie. Well, yeah, but I was young. And then I okay. saw the musical and I was young. Okay. But I met Glenn Close, who was starring in the musical. We I went met backstage. Glenn Farr. But not the movie. Yes. Also, I watched the movie. No, I know. But she wasn't in the movie was my before joke. I, yes. Okay. Close, but no cigar. Obviously. <laughs> ah, nice. Close up on Sunset Boulevard. Almost Edward James. Um, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rewatching Battlestar Galactica. And oh, that's a good one. I love yeah. that show. Voiceover, 1940. Can we just watch Battlestar? Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, you fucking nerds. settle down, kids. <gasps> it's the best show. Sunset Boulevard is my favorite street in the world, actually. But this Ooh. is about the movie, not the street. The movie is about the street. Kidding? Very much so. I I love this movie, man. Um, voiceover, 1948. Yes, this is Romanoff's in Beverly Hills, California, the famous restaurant on Rodeo Jive. Not so Rodeo. far, not so far from Sunset Boulevard. Tonight's a busy night. Lots of stars at dinner. The prince himself, Michael Romanoff, has just seated Samuel Goldwyn and a party. The mogul and the prince are buddies. Is that by the way MGM Gold? Michael Romanoff is yes. Michael Romanoff is no more a prince than Sam Goldwyn is. Mike is really Herschel Gegswin. Uh, 
Geguzin. Geguzin? G-E-G-U-Z-I-N. Can't you tap Geguzin. it? Geguzin. Herschel Geguzin from Poland. Just tap it. A tailor's son. Doesn't work. Yanny. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Laurel. Oh, sorry. <laughs> A tailor's son. Zoom. Or maybe he's from Lithuania. Or maybe he's from Lithuania. Anyway, the closest he ever came to the Tsar was when Russia soldiers rounded up his relatives. But if he wants to bill himself as Prince Michael, part of the dynasty, nobody cares. After all, everybody in this place is royalty, if you don't look too close. Glance around the room. That's Gable at the bar talking to Jimmy Stewart. Nobody yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not so much about Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. There she is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not paying. It's okay. I, you... <laughs> All right. Pay attention. No one does. Uh, it's fair. Uh, but where am I? Sorry. Uh, Talking about the Romanovs. Romanovs. I know. Over the Merry you, Christmas you, movie me... house. <laughs> Over there at a corner table by the window with a new man, the blonde is Lana Turner. Now, a little to the left of her, keep turning. Who do you see? Jane Russell, Robert Mitchum, Colonel Wilde, Elizabeth Scott, John Houston, Bogart, McCall. Other nights, you'll see Richard Widmark, Barbara Stanwyck, Eddie Robinson, Mary Astor. Now, the other way, take a close look at the booth to the other side of the bar. Goldman and his wife. There's a younger couple, Billy Wilder and his fiancée, Audrey Young. Goldman has just said something to Billy in Giddish. Billy answers in German, and Audrey wants to know what it means. All four of them are talking at the same time. And out of the corner of his eye, Billy Wilder sees an unsteady old man there at the table. I'm going to take a sip right now. You go, girl. It's a mighty sip. Is whitish Russian? The man's untidy suit. Caramel Russian? White privileged Russian. The man's untidy suit has a couple of spots on it, and his cuffs are frayed. The white shirt he's wearing might have been fresh the day before yesterday. The old man is very tall in spite of his sagging shoulders. He seems stooped forward to eavesdrop, but a glance at the face tells Billy Wilder this man's not interested in anything they say at the table. His grayish face looks like worn asphalt. His hair is even grayer, and his nose could double as an umbrella hook. That's me. racist. Talk and merriment drain from the table. You, it's very funny once you guys realize who this is. Talk and merriment drain from the table. The tall, gray old man sways like a tree in the winter, points his long index finger at Goldwyn and speaks in a courtly tones of the Old South. Hey, you are, you son of a bitch. It's Marlon Brando. I don't think he's old. He's like in the 48. Junk! Junk! One of the women mutters. Son of a bitch, the man, declaim, the man declaims to the stricken producer. Here you are. I thought you ought to be making pictures. I'm the one. Francis Goldwyn, Samuel's wife, will not hear another word from this old fool. Get away from here, you. Er, uh, sorry. Get away from here, she hisses. Get away, you silly old man. Kicked by her words, the man laps into the noise and gaudy elegance of Romanoff's and is heard from no more. Sam, Sam Goldwyn's face looks as if he has felt the shaky earth wince far below. Do you know him? demands his wife. Who the hell is he? That man, Goldwyn answers after a long moment of recovery, was D.W. Griffith. <laughs> was a racist. This little scene won't make the columns tomorrow, but a few months from now you'll read about D.W. Griffith. He shot his wife. He's an old... No, he didn't. He's no... Did he? 
shot his wife in the face. Why is that so crazy? You, Why did you, you dismiss that? Thing? Are you sure? Pretty damn sure. Yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah, please do. I think he, he was. He was. If I remember correctly, he was acquitted because he was one of the first to get off on uh, pleading drunk. So. Oh, he, that was when he was up in in that hotel, and I think so. Yeah. No. That's, yeah. That's what I'm. That's no. That's. You're talking about Fatty Arbuckle, Kelly Bell. Oh. <laughs> Fatty Arbuckle beat his wife. He also was he, innocent. He, he was found innocent no, because the, he was drunk. No, it wasn't the wife. It wasn't his wife. Fatty Arbuckle he was, was accused of like, no, it wasn't a cheating. It was, yeah, a, it was like woman a, was a woman that he basically like raped. Yeah, it was a rape. But he was fat, so she died when he yeah, fucked yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He killed right somebody. On. Anyway, D.W. Griffith. He's an all-time director. And when he dies on July 24th, 1948, the papers will run respectful notices. They'll say he pioneered the art of motion pictures, that he directed hundreds of silence, including The Birth of a Nation and Intolerance, and that he was washed up even before talkies came in. They'll mention that he hasn't directed a picture since 1931, a flop called The Struggle. If you drop in at Griffith's funeral, you'll have no trouble finding a place to sit. In fact, only half the seats in Hollywood's Masonic Temple will be filled. So you and everyone else gathered outside the auditorium to watch his has-been celebrities will be invited to fill the empty seats. You might find yourself near Lionel Barrymore or Max Sennett. Or behind Blanche Stewart, Richard Bartholomus, Walter Hudson, Raoul Walsh, May Walsh, Donald Crisp. If you're really lucky, maybe you'll sit next to Mary Pickford. Why or, don't you check the floor? They dropped a few names. Or Eric von Stroheim. <laughs> this is really douchey. How is it, dude? These are all, do you know who these people are? Not a clue. These are the most, these are the fucking know, pioneers of cinema. I just don't care oh about God, them. Relax. On several of the, guy, this is the city that you're living in right now was literally built by these people. And yeah. they all hated women. Yeah. Very much. Well, what, Mary Pickford? Yeah, she fucking she was hated women. May Walsh? Barbara Stanwyck? They were probably abused. She was a studio executive. She was like a, fun, yeah. they were and probably they let that shit happen. I, you're going to, guys going to eat me started. I'm just going to read because I have books. On several how of how these many faces, women walked other women to Harvey Weinstein's hotel room? On several of these faces, you may detect a sneer directed at two of the honorary pallbearers, Louis B. Mayer. And oh, Sam my Gold. undertaker. That's because Griffith's friends think these two could have given the old man something to keep him busy in his final years, but didn't. There'll be a eulogy by screenwriter and producer Charles Beckett, who's president of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences, who never met D.W. Griffith. Brackett's latest picture, written as usual with Billy Wilder, is a foreign affair in italicized. Uh, Brackett will stand up at the funeral and say, when you've had what he had, what you'll want is a chance to make more pictures. I don't have what he's having. Unlimited budgets to play with, complete confidence behind you. What does a man full of vitality care for the honors of the past? It's the present he wants and the future. There was no solution for Griffith, but a kind of frenzied beating on the barred doors. He lies here, and embittered years forgotten, David Wark Griffith, the Great. A speech that's rather fine and florid, and that in no way resembles the screenplay Brackett and Wilder will soon write, called Sunset Boulevard, about a murder in one of those great big houses with an old-time movie star involved, one of the biggest. Sunset Boulevard, Brutal Boulevard, will be their mordant elegy to the silent picture era. And by a decree of cross-eyed fate, it will also be the picture that ends the collaboration of Billy Wilder and Charles Beckett. Charles Brackett, sorry. 
We will jump into chapter one in a second, but first I need to school the fuck out of you three. Like I've been distracted motherfuckers. You've I have? Who's DW Griffith? He wrote No did Birth of a Nation. Correct. Did give birth to the nation. Yes. (laughs) Why why is birth of the nation important? Because he was like It very is. Became like well, I mean wasn't it the first talkie? No, no. not at all. Oh. So let me go, let me go back. It's very silent. 1915. Oh, it's silent. Okay. Um, so it said a lot though with its horrible racism. It was the yeah. f- insanely like racist in the Ku Klux so, Klan or something. No, he was not. He but was not. A, but he glorified. He actually yeah. is. Is it's the precursor they were the, to they were the cinema. He is the reason that the Ku Klux Klan was revitalized. Um, so when the motion picture camera was invented. It was Thomas Edison in a lab, and he just was like, let's just make some money. That's it. He was the Donald Trump of, you know, inventors. I already know and all this. And he fucking, Kelly's leaving to go pee, I already know for all the this. record. <laughs> anyway, um, when, when Edison, uh, like, finally had it to a degree that you could actually, you could more or less tell stories, because originally it was just, like, little fucking, you know, weird people jumping on horses or people kissing. It was, it was, uh, not even one reelers. It was, it was a, it was an attraction. It was like a theme park attraction it was a motion picture camera. Uh, or rather the kinetograph was the thing that they used. It was like huge. Get to the, the kinetoscope. Point. Sorry. Edwin S. Porter was a man who worked in Edison's lab, who, um, took the idea of motion pictures and turned it into more or less an art form. Um, in the American L, we can talk about France and all that shit, but um, he made Birth of the American Fireman, which is the first thing that like would cut between, inter- between action. Sounds um, messy. And his masterpiece was The Great Train Robbery, 1903 to 1905-ish. It's when people thought the train was going to come off the screen and run them yeah. over. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that's not. That's Arrival of a Train at a Station. Oh, that's that's right. the Lumiere ah! Brothers. That's in France. Stop it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Anyway, so the great train. What it's like to be in your class? Uh, yeah, no, not at all. I'm much Stop nicer. It. I'm much, Listen to I'm me. much nicer. Um, <laughs> you guys are wrong. You're right. Maybe I should be nicer to you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't speak unless spoken to. Edwin S. Porter. Or if you're right, Edwin. S. How could you have any pudding if you don't teach your meat? Edwin S. Porter <laughs> championed the I sort of art form of storytelling. Um, it as it when it comes to motion pictures and narrative storytelling. Uh, he also had within him, uh, or he also had on his team once they started to make, you know, reel after reel, this weird, like, For reals? actor slash stuntman slash goon slash dude um, named D.W. Griffith, who oh. just would, you know, do some shit, uh, whatever needed to get done. And Griffith uh, really took to the art form. Griffith was an old, you know, literally from the old South. His grandparents fought in the Civil War. He, he you know. Uh, His dad was a colonel. Absolutely. In the Confederate Army. Yeah. Thank you. Um, And, uh, but when he got a camera in his hands, he was the first person really to start making movies as we know them today. Um, The amount of things that he invented when it comes to, to storytelling and camera work, et cetera, are unparalleled i mean this is literally the equivalent of you know a, a, a painter creating the idea of painting a face 
not even just, you know, the, the, the idea of being good at painting a face. He just was like, well, maybe when we have paint, we should paint someone's face. <laughs> like that's literally what that's D.W. Griffith's contribution to cinema was that kind of shit. Um, it's like, well, the action's happening over here. We could just turn the camera. We'll just do that. What's the big deal? <laughs> like we can, we can have these parallel stories in a, you know, in a grand sweeping sense. Um, he was a fucking crazy person too. Now his biggest movie years, years, years into his <laughs> thing was 1915 when they finally moved out to Hollywood was the birth of a nation shot mostly in Griffith park, of course. Um, and this, the first act is just a cute little Southern thing like Gone with the Wind. The second act essentially is Reconstruction where the Ku Klux Klan become the main characters of the story to save this poor woman. Um, and it is a really, really dark but interesting film to watch in the context of America. Um, and it's important to watch. Wait, so the woman's uh, kidnapped by black dudes? Yeah. 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 The, 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 the black dudes are, you know, extra painted black. Their eyes are – it's very – Oh, played by – White guys in blackface? Mm, some. I don't remember fully. I feel like there are definitely uh, black actors in it, but it's painted even darker oh. to make him darker um, and more sort of like Sambo looking. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really fascinating movie to watch. Uh, it was the first movie to show at the White House. It made a million dollars in 1915, which is insane. Um, made a million dollars. <laughs> it's like it, it, it genuinely was dollars. like if 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 the Great Train Robbery was the first sort of blockbuster, which kind of like made uh, at the time there were no Nickelodeons. The Great Train Robbery in 1905 was like, Jaws was. That's good. The, <laughs> 1905 Great Train Robbery, like people wanted to see that movie. So, but it was just like like traveling circuses that had projector projectors. So because of that movie, people put up again, that's Porter who was like Griffith's boss put up literal Nickelodeon. So people could come and watch the great train robbery. Griffith took that idea of the blockbuster and like fucking spread it across the world. Basically it was first film show to the white house. Like I said, um, who of course Wilson was the one watching it. So it's not no, no surprise there. Um, but it was also damned by the NCAA or NAACP. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> another racist organization. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, oh, wait, another? No. So from right. uh, D.W. Griffith, though, man, like everybody at the time still acknowledged his his importance in cinema and uh, United Artists, uh, Mary Pickford, Charlie Chaplin, um, Douglas Fairbanks and D.W. Griffith. I'm sorry the to first cut to the chase like, here, but sorry. I'm confused. How does this have to relate to Sunset Boulevard? He... He is the epitome of the fall of the silent era. Um, no person embodied the idea of like the fall of the great mogul than D.W. Griffith, um, who is embodied in Norma Desmond. Um, okay, so the, uh, the you, can you explain a little bit more? Because I don't know much about Norma Desmond. Or you got to see the movie. Have you seen it? No. Oh, I'll just keep reading. It's a great podcast. I'll keep reading. Go watch the movie. <laughs> you know what's strange? The only references I have for Sunset Boulevard are from the Disaster Artist. Really? Because he constantly oh. quotes it before every yeah. chapter. Yeah. And I think Tommy Wiseau is obsessed Sunset. with it. Mm. Uh, not as much as, um, I think it was like as the Thomas Ripley. Oh, right. Thomas well, Ripley was the movie that like, that, that really inspired him to make The Broom. But uh, the I, think, broom. I think it was, it, Tommy Wiseau wasn't obsessed with Sunset Boulevard. And Mark, or Greg Sestero. Exactly. Greg Sestero was, well, I mean, it, within the book. He, it might have been the other author of it who like really had a... Um, I look to it, but anyway, um, makes me think of entourage. 
Sunset Boulevard, I'll break down just the movie briefly without giving too much away. Um, it's it's the story of a writer who is on his last leg and he's about to bail out of Hollywood and move back to Ohio. Um, and his car is um, essentially under like recall or whatever what do they call it when like the- Is it a trans that talks to The company's going to gonna come get- <laughs> The company's gonna come. Good back. evening, Michael. Repossessed. Thank you. Yeah, repossessed. <laughs> and um, and so he's he's on the run from these guys. And uh, driving down Sunset Boulevard, he just turns into one of those old houses um, from the crazy twenties. Those old mansions in like the 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 seven hundred block of of Sunset Boulevard. Um, and it's this old decrepit thing. And he starts thinking about Miss Havisham from uh from Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Um, and it turns out is that us. Turns out it's uh, it's this house that's owned by this old famous silent movie star, um, and she's like a hermit, and she's like, like a hermit. Crazy. She just she just she watches to... her own movies, and mm. yeah, and it's great too because there's all these callbacks. Eric von Stroheim um, was a was a a director in in the silent era who also again couldn't make his transition, but also the stu- he couldn't really hack it in the studio the studio era because his movies were like four hours long and the studios were like you you have to cut this down you can't release a six hour movie or whatever so he was like oh fine it'll be three hours and it still was garbage <laughs> because of that it's anyway um so I guess that's it the foods here I didn't mm-hmm. even read I just talked about movies. It's cool. I'll give a plug to one of my favorite podcasts, uh, um, The Way I Heard It, uh, hosted by Mr. Mike Rowe. I believe it is episode number 83 that talks about uh, D.W. Griffith's uh, trial of uh, drunken debauchery and shooting his wife in the face. So it is, huh? There's like wisps of truth that's like vaguely coming back to me. Yeah, apparently, like according to Mike Rowe's version of it, um, that was like what caused him to have such a horrible um uh reputation in the world and in hollywood and that's why he spent so much money on griffith park and like donating to you know uh the world and griffith observatory and fittingly all that enough so like right after he made birth of a nation mm-hmm. he was it was both panned and revered yeah. so like people were like this movie's crazy race and he's like it's not racist what do you mean and they're like it's very obviously super racist <laughs> and he's like you guys just don't get me you're intolerant so he made a four-hour epic called intolerance mm-hmm. in response to this because people thought birth of a nation was racist and <laughs> it's not a bad movie. It's less, it's just, it's all about like the different sort of intolerances in the world, which is like a very, it's a very it's like strange the South park museum of tolerance. It's where like they if, go through a tunnel. Yeah, it's like if Louis CK, <laughs> it's, it's the equivalent of like yeah, if Louis CK came movie, out today right. and like, like put a bunch of pictures of like naked women who were just out there and they're, they're like, like, that's not the point. You didn't get why we're mad at you. And, <laughs> And if you ever visit Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard, the Hollywood, um, that, that right where the, the Dolby theater is now, or Dolby, what is it now? Mm-hmm. The fucking, yeah. It is Dolby. Yeah. Hollywood Highland. It Hollywood used Highland. to be the Kodak theater. Yeah. That big was mall, the those like that. weird kind of structures. No, no, it's different. Oh, different. Those, those big structures. So oh. do you know the mall I'm talking about? Hollywood yeah, yeah. Yeah. Highland. Okay. That mall was a, was, is a replica of the set that was built for Intolerance. Oh. The, the set originally was built out the in like Echo The center Park. piazza? Yeah. That whole thing with all like those, the Egyptian, like, those, like, yeah. like the elephant, elephant That's thing. from Intolerance. Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. No wonder I can't tolerate that place. If he, <laughs> if he only knew how many tourists from all over the world are on that exact spot. I know. That's amazing. 
Oh yeah, thank you for listening. Literally, literally. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you listening to movies are us. I guess check out all those fine shows at fallcast.com. We got going down on South Park, politinkering, text before calling. This piece of shit, literally, literally. Hey! We got uh, Wild Wild West World. Uh, yeah, join us, won't you? Uh, yeah, follow us, rate us, tell your friends, tell your enemies, all that shit. Toodles. Bye.